0: This is episode number 302 with Rory Boyle of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration
1: of human potential now. now. Now, now the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help.
0: Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Reel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another Founder Podcast episode. I hope you and your family are doing okay, you're healthy, you're safe, and your business is doing okay. I know you might be going through a ton of stuff, and that's why we're producing more episodes than we've ever produced in the history of the Founder Podcast, and we're trying to interview as many people as we can to find out what's working, to help serve you however we can. Uh, so today we're speaking with one of my friends. His name's Rory Boyle, and he runs three different companies. And uh, we kind of talk about what he's done to pivot during this time period and how he's been able to survive and also thrive. We talk about strategy. We talk about how he's been able to leverage everything that he's doing and make a slight shift to really uh, make his products appeal in this current climate. Um, And, you know, I think one thing that Rory is so strong and amazing at is B2B sales and really kind of cold outreach using LinkedIn and all that kind of stuff where it doesn't cost any money. And I think during times like this, if you do have to cut back on marketing, tactics and strategies like this that Rory is using, this is going to last the test of time. So um, I think you're going to get a lot of value from this episode. Uh, Rory is an incredible entrepreneur and someone that I personally learn a lot from. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode. Uh, And if you are enjoying these episodes, please do take the time to leave us a review. We spend so much time and effort to get these incredible founders, some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation on this podcast, and it's all 100% free. The only thing I ask is you share it with a couple of friends. Uh, It helps us spread our message and it just helps us grow the brand because we really are here to help and serve you however we can at Founder. All right, guys, that's it from me. Now, let's jump to the show. So, the first question I have for you, Rory, is just a bit of a background for everyone listening. how did you get your job? How did I get my
1: first job um, in terms of when I started Hampers with Bite? Yeah. yeah so, that yeah. was back down in 2000 and uh, mid 2000s. I used to be a telemarketer, so I used to sell mobile phones, um, cold uh, sales, mobile phones. I call somebody up who had no intention of buying a mobile phone and, and sort of try and persuade them to, to, to make the choice. Um, started the business up with my brother. He invited me back. I was living in the UK at the time, Invited me back to Australia. Um, he was, his wife, uh, was a florist uh, that were getting into demand for hampers. So he said, look, I know you know how to sell. Why don't you, know, you and me do this together? So I jumped into, uh, his lounge room started calling. Um, I got the White Pages, which is a publication in Australia, um, nice. and essentially it's it's a it's a it's a book where you go to find a number in the mid two thousands of who you wanted to call and. Um, I figured uh, some people would pay to bold their listings, and I used to look at that book. I think, why would you pay to bold your listing when somebody is already looking to find you? And I figured the people that would bold their listings or put a highlight over it must have some money to spend. So the people that I called about selling Hampers to were those very people that had bolded listings. Um, it just made sense to me. That was a, that was my qualifying at that point. It was pretty immature, but it worked. Uh, and from them, we've grown and started um, Promotions Warehouse, and now just
0: recently. Next Bob. Yeah, wow, interesting. So um, let's just jump straight in. Uh, like right now, what have you done? Because like I'll, I remember like three weeks ago now, I called you and I was freaking out. Like I was like, you know, what am I going to do? All this stuff. And, um, you know, it wasn't my finest moment in many ways. Like, you know, founders not immune to what is going on. Like, you know, like any company right now. And, um, you know, you shared some really great advice with me. And you said, really, all you can do right now is control the controllables. You said you're going to have a couple of glasses of wine or maybe a bottle. And uh, you're going to put your headphones on and listen to classical music for like five hours. And you're just going to sit there and think. And you came up with like some next level stuff that's really working. So, like, what have you done in the past three weeks to a month since all of this craziness has happened to really pivot you know a couple of your companies and, and what are you doing what do people need to be thinking about
1: yeah so you're right so i mean when it all happens i was in in a little bit of shock but i've been doing this for a little while now so i've seen a few things and and uh i just wanted to be the steady voice for my team and i get that gets repeated a lot controller controllables within my organization but i think it's so powerful um so look, I I basically did what you did, what you you mentioned there, and had a bottle, got a bottle of water, a wine and put on some earphones. Listen to classical music, which I enjoy. It helps me think. And I started ripping apart everything we sell across all three businesses. And and then I started looking at what people are going to want in this environment. So for example, we've got a promotional products company. Eighty percent, seventy five to eighty percent of the product is for conferences. So that's just gone. That money's out the door. We have to put. We have to say, okay, there's no way we can just sell this product because it's because um where uh there's no conferences So an example of what I've done there um, is I figure that good businesses care about their employees and want to keep them fit and healthy and occupied. So there's products within the uh, the promotional products range that we we sell, like um, yoga mats, um, gym towels, drink bottles. I actually went to Google Trends. It's an awesome place to go for ideas and looked at the uplift in searches for yoga mats. It's like, okay, okay. Started contacting businesses about, um, or put together a plan to start contacting businesses about sending out branded yoga mats to your uh, to your staff and and clients. It was just trying to find um, a little clue in what I sold that might work in this environment. I did that across the board. So Hampers was a little easier. I mean, we sell gifts, so the gifting is still happening, Um, but we really moved into home care. Hampers. So we, what we really wanted to do was identify companies who cared about their employees, and that's really easy to do. And I can I can tell you a little bit more about how we do that um, a bit later. But for us, um, it was all about coming up with hampers that um, business owners would send to the staff because the staff are really stressed. Um, you know, they're, they're out of the office. They might not like their job, um, but they like the people they work around. So you know, to keep that motivation up, it's this is a little something to say thank you. Um, and with snacks with buy it was it was a similar approach I mean we were selling exclusively snacks to offices and then all the offices closed so what do you do so we had to pivot and we had to find a way to to, to make a B2C product where we're sending healthy snacks to people at home um, and we are running Facebook ads and LinkedIn ads and, um, and the businesses that really care, care about their employees are reaching out to them at this time and, and looking after them because I think they know that they'll be remembered after this is, is sticking fat with their employees. So I guess like holistically I, I got there but it was a process of getting there. It was really look at every business, what opportunity there was and what, what was the product that people will, will need at the moment.
0: And was that difficult to pivot that fast? Cause like from my perspective, like we found we're changing things up slowly, but we didn't move that fast. Like, to be honest, like we are still working on some new product, working on some pre positioning and stuff. Like how, how do you guys do that so fast? Honestly, mate, um,
1: I, I was just obsessed. Like, I mean, I've, personally, I've been working 14, 15 hours a day, seven days a week, um, particularly at the start of this. And there's a danger of burning out. I'm not saying everyone should do that. I enjoy it. Um, I mean, I enjoy, in some regards, this this environment is really sort of, um, is really testing and it really challenges you. So I've found that really powerful. So, um, I mean, I, I shared a lot with my team and asked them to come up with ideas, but you know, I also just kind of went to war and said, okay, how are we going to do this? The other thing I did is I looked overseas because I knew in Australia, and we were probably about two to three weeks behind the rest of the world in this. So I started to look what the heavy hitters overseas the market apartments of 20 people have come up with, because, you know, you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. You can look in the industry and say, okay, you know, a, a bigger organization, what have they done to make their product work um, in this evolving situation? So, there was a little bit of that, um, a lot of Google Trends research, a lot of looking at what we were doing, and then a lot of looking at how we were selling and how we were going to communicate with potential buyers in an outbound way, because we were pretty sure there wasn't going to be a great deal of inbound traffic, and, and that's and that's been the case. So, um, yeah, I just we really just violently executed a plan to. to, to to pivot and we've evolved it and we have tinkered with it. And right now it's working really well, but I'm not like, I was on the phone to my general manager on Friday um, and you know they were like okay this is great this is great it's like i'm not even thinking about what we're selling now i'm just disregarding it we're making heaps of sales now my 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 assumption is that's going to stop and what's the next thing we're going to sell so that's all i'm thinking about i'm not even looking at the figures and thinking this is great i'm disregarding them i'm working on presumption that i'm going to have to come up with the next
0: idea to get through this yeah so um you, you know it's up to you how transparent you want to be but like are you guys struggling right now, or are you like these sales increasing, decreasing? Are you going okay? Like, no. yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm happy to be um, relatively
1: parent. I've got three businesses, two of which are selling double what they would usually sell. One that's selling about 45, 50% of what it would usually sell, but really should be selling nothing. And that's the promotional products company. And that's because we've just found a way to pick the gold out of branded merchandise and find a way to sell it to to businesses um, who have staff working at home. I mean, everyone wants hand sanitizer. We can help with all that, but can't get a hand on it um, but i mean yeah i think i think we're performing really really well in that regard um, and to be able and to, and, and to steady the costs um, and pay everyone's wage everyone new anyone off um, that's been good and the other two businesses you know we, we are we have probably doubled revenue but You know, we're in a fortunate position. I understand that there's a lot of businesses out there that just can't happen for, you know, like um, it's just impossible. If you own a a gym right now, you could do virtual gym lessons and so on and so forth, but it's going to be really challenging. So I don't want to sort of say that, you know, doubling your revenue for businesses is easy in this environment. It's not. In some regards, we're probably lucky about that. We have a product that could be manipulated a little bit to, to work in this environment. Does that make sense?
0: yeah hundred percent, and I guess I just want to get um for people to get a sense of kind of perhaps it's online e commerce like um perhaps yeah if you're in if you're in e-commerce perhaps there's a high, much higher possibility that you're you're going to be okay right versus a local mm-hmm. business that where basically any business where you have to speak to people face to face in person is is affected right now yeah that's
1: right um Look, we've looked a lot about, a lot of people are posting a lot of different stuff on LinkedIn at the moment, which is really interesting. And um, we're looking at the product that we're selling. And to be honest, using sales navigator on LinkedIn and really using what they're saying to persuade them to, 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 to buy our product, to be interested in our product, to we'll talk about our products. You know, these are tough times. We'll get to stick go. Okay, great. I understand that. You've got employees working from home. Um, so we, we we're reaching out to these people that are making some noise on LinkedIn and saying, um, we've, I'm, so I've, 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 I've actually cut and pasted a picture of... Um, somebody's talk on LinkedIn and written a cadence email to them and said, listen, I saw what you said. It was amazingly powerful. Um, it's a tough time for all of us. This is what we're doing. This is how we're trying to get through this, um, environment. It hasn't been easy for any of us. Um, it's just something you think of work. So kind of just trying to think outside the square of getting people's attention at the moment, I think is really, really powerful as well. Um, for us using sales navigator, looking at any company that has a culture officer, any company that has, um, you know, best hundred places to work, all of those things they're all key indicators of who's going to be the right product for us. Um, that's the right avatar who should be looking after their staff and clients. Um, you know, it, it, it really depends what the product is though. Um, for us, this is, that's how it's worked.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And yeah, thanks for being so transparent, bro. So, so let's get into some of the juicy stuff, which I know like is your bread and butter around kind of cold outreach, selling on the phone um, because like, Right now, in these times, that's something that you can control, like the amount of prospects that you have, or the, the size of your prospect list, the amount of calls you make, the amount of you know inquiries you send, the amount of you know invoices you send out. Um, that those are things that you can control, right? So, what are you guys doing? I know you guys are next level at this. I know a lot of people can learn from this, not just. Like uh, we can talk about the B2C side, but more so the B2B side. What are you guys doing?
1: Yeah, you're right. Uh, so the very first thing we did is looked at our existing databases. I mean, that's the lowest hanging fruit. And looked at what they're buying and looked at the three ranges of products we sold and tried to find a way to sell each individual product or the range of products to the ra- different customer groups. Um, so I got my guys to get on the phone to each of those customers. And, and you know, I'd be really empathetic and say, this sucks. This is really challenging. How are you guys? How are you guys going? Okay, look, this is where we're at. Life's not ideal for us can i can i ask what sort of things are you guys still spending on and is there anything we can help you with so it's actually just literally reaching out to, to those customers but not hustling just talking like a, a person who's going through a time of, of challenging business just like they are it's been hard to get people on the phone and it is hard to get people on the phone at the moment so outbound email is really powerful um now LinkedIn's a great place to, to really like source and um, and find your right avatar. When I talk, I'm going to talk about the stuff that I've got experience with um, but and how we've done that. But, you know, oh, we've been pouring through um, LinkedIn and finding the right contacts who we think are going to be interested in that product and putting together some really strong, powerful cadence emails. So cadence emails will generally go for um, four or five, Emails that we put together, and they're not hyper salesy, but they're definitely personalised, and it's 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 sort of asking where are you guys, this is what we offer, um, is a product you're interested in, and then following up with something that maybe is a little bit um, left to center. So it'll we'll include some reviews that we've had from the product that we've sold. So we've got people posting our hampers on Instagram saying, I can't believe my boss just sent me this. So I should get a cut and paste of that out and put it in an email and say, listen, this product isn't for everybody right now. I know people are struggling, but if this is something you can look, for, look at, look at how powerful it is for this organization um, this is going to turn and it's really important that you know you, you're getting the most productivity out of employees as you can at the moment and then a the third email be, might be a reminder about that and a fourth email might be another, another um, example of social proof and with that we're mixing that in with a lot of Facebook remarketing and retargeting CEO messages. I've put together personalized messages that I'm sending out to our key clients, just explaining where we are as an organization, what, uh, how I understand how challenging it is. Um, we're here to help and offer. You might not be in a position to buy at the moment. You might be in a position to buy, I'm not sure, but, I want you to know that this is what we can do. Um, And just really personalizing that experience as much as possible is something that I've really, really encouraged our guys to do and be human beings. Because at this time, we need to be human beings when we're dealing with our customers. No one wants to get slammed with heavy sales tactics because it's not going to work.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it also can come off insensitive.
1: Hmm. Yeah, which is really important. Um look and but then there's then there's a there's a flip side. Um <laughs> people still want to see some fun out there I think and we're putting out some collateral and one of the guys told me marketing campaign I should we put COVID-19 in the subject line I was like you know what no how many emails have you seen with COVID-19 in a subject line like right now let's put something fun out there let's say yeah this sucks but put some you know some content that makes people laugh or is a little bit different or tells a story of what we're doing and some of the challenges we're having in a fun way and and just kind of mixing it up and standing out from the crowd at the moment. I think empathy is really important. Um, but it's also just, just showing a little bit of creativity and a bit of fun. I think people, people really buy into that. And, uh, it's, I mean, look, it's worked, it's worked for us so far. Um, well, I don't know where things are going, though. You know, um, there's, there's, an, there's there's a situation like we're in a situation in Australia where restrictions could evolve and um, some of our companies might not be able to sell. So, I mean, that's where it's really important to start looking at what, what the next step is and always looking forward, um, not resting our laurels in this environment.
0: Yeah, yeah. You can only really take the one day at a time, mate. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you need to be
1: considering what the next step is. You can take it one foot day at a time and celebrate the wins, and you've got to celebrate the wins, or it's what's it all for. But it's really important to say, okay, plan for the worst case scenario. What if this happens? You know, do we then get in touch with the company who can who sells fruit and milk, and then get in and, and sell that to our database? You know, and and look at what other opportunities there are to partner with other brands where we can put our stuff together. Another thing we're going to do, and 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 I, I, and I, when I say doing this. I don't mean – we're not doing this to to sell any more hampers or promotional products, but we we really want to, like, just give back. I want hampers. Like, we're going to do a pretty significant um, run of hamper giveaways, uh, maybe $10,000 worth of hampers to aged care facilities and healthcare workers and people who really need it at the moment. Um, I think it's a really good time to just show – the community and your community that you actually care about people. Like these guys have been spending tens of thousands of dollars with us over the years, and some of them can't spend that money anymore, and and that's totally understandable. But you know, we we appreciate all the business you've given us, and we're going to give back. And these are some of the things we're going to do. And I think of those aged care facilities where people can't can't get visitors at the moment, and it'd be so powerful to send you know, hundred pampers with shortbread and all sorts of stuff that they love in there, and um and really brighten their spirits and um. And I think sharing that message is, is something that we're really going to be moving into in the next in the next in the next few weeks, and really giving a little bit back as well.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, man. Because I think um, now more than ever as well, I feel this obligation with the work that we do at Founder. Not only do we have to make sure we're okay as a business and, and I can take care of our, our our team and our staff and stuff like that, and we've got a sustainable business, but also I feel we have this moral obligation to help our community and to really serve there because. However we can and in, in, that's why we're doing, you know, so much content to, to help because this is a time where people will remember. They'll remember the people that, you know, were just out of line and they'll remember the people that actually cared. And I think what you said before around empathy is really, really important now more than ever. Yeah,
1: that's something we're taking really, really seriously. And, and and look, if it means that we need to help out some businesses with some discounts now and, um, send, and you know, like just do stuff at cost for them just to just so they can keep in touch with their clients, we're doing that and we're happy to do that, you know. Um, we're in a position as a business where we're, we're riding the storm and there's so many businesses that aren't able to do that. You know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, we're not sort of sort – of, ignoring how lucky we are and I mean, in, in some regards you create your own luck but the, you know there's the some situations which are unavoidable and um and yeah I, we've had a good run for a long time and i want to make sure with a tough time like this we're really sort of at least doing what we can to give back um to to not only the people that really need it at the moment but also to our customers and the people that have supported us for so long and I've got customers ordered for me for two or three years in a row it's like okay I want to send something to my staff I just don't have the budget Ah, I'll do it for cost for you you know what I mean it's a cool thing it's no skin off my nose we'll make some extra hampers and do it at cost and it'll help you through Um, no obligations going forward and I guess it's, the, yeah, like you say, people people are going to remember how we acted at this time. Um, and you said, you know, we perceived as price gouging yeah. and taking advantage of the situation. And nor do I want to. I don't want to go to bed and think about business like that. I really don't. I'm not in it for that. Money doesn't really mean that much to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I respect that about you, man. So tell me about stock, though. Like, are you being affected yeah. around all that? Like, do you order much product from China? Like... I know of Emily's Bottle, um, not the business, but I know with Emily's Bottle, like, it's actually not too bad. Like, she can she can make orders. It's just slowed down a little bit, but she can still get stock and she's probably going to place another order and get in it in a couple months. So, tell me, like, are you experiencing anything around stock or what are you doing there creatively or?
1: Yeah, so it's a challenge, a very big challenge for us, um, particularly because we, we, we order a lot from China. Um, what's happened is there's some provinces that, that, are, that are sort of business as usual and others where you know uh, stock just isn't coming out and containers aren't leaving so look we're in a situation alright so for Christmas time this year I've got to do 80% of my trade yearly trade or 70 to 80% of my trade in the last 3 or 4 months of the year and um, invariably we need to make a take a gamble and have historically on how much per stock we purchase from China in terms of packaging items like cooler bags and cheese boards and so on and and Doing that in this environment is an incredible challenge. Um, So I'll be honest with you, what I've done is put together almost a a, a worst-case cash forecast that worked on us breaking even through the period. I will take a conservative approach to international purchasing um, and probably a more... Um, strategic way of producing goods towards Christmas. So I'm I'm, I'm treading a win this year as a as a you know a break even ish. Uh, I think if we get through this year and and break even, then, then that's a good result. And I'm pretty conservative in the way I'm playing out this year. Yes, we, we could be taking chances, but I, I don't. For me, I don't think it's the right thing to do. I just think um, so you, the survival is the key right now. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So coming back to it, um, I kind of answer my question and I stop. Coming back to it, like what can you share with our audience around kind of next-level sales tactics, B2B strategies? What can people be thinking about if they've just got, you know, a prospect list or how, how did – like let's start from the start. How do you build a list of prospects? How do you even work out who your customer avatar is? What do you do there? Because your, your avatar hasn't changed or a little bit or – yeah, no,
1: no, it hasn't really changed. Yeah, right, so customer avatar, we need to get pretty simple. Um, and what I've done a long time ago is got a list of all of my big customers um, or a large percentage of the customers, say a 1,000 customers, uh, B2B customers. I've employed someone on Upwork to go onto LinkedIn and answer five questions that I asked. And one, what is the industry? Two, how many people do they employ? Three, what is the job title of the decision maker? Um for how long does that person stay usually stay in a job? And that's a really important one because we need to know how long we need to keep refreshing and reaching out to these guys. Cause on average say, marketing manager stays in a job three years. Well, if that leads four years old, we need to make sure that we're re-engaging with those guys or otherwise the new marketing manager is not getting that collateral. Um, and, um, and we, we, we sort of, so that, so that gives us a great indicator of what, our customer avatar is. The next thing that we do when making B2B decisions um, is looking at what the lifetime value of our customer is. Um, and that's really important for us. It's not very hard to do. It's just a, in a, in a most simplistic way, we can look at the amount of revenue we've generated over a period divided by the amount of customers that we've serviced during a period. It'll give us a rough indicator of LTV. Um, so now I know who my customer is and how much I can pay to acquire them. And we'll then put together a, a you know, like a, a number of different avenues of, of how we're going to hit up these customers. I believe in a really diverse range of activity, whether it be um, tele-sales and getting guys on the phone, um, making sure we're collecting emails, remarketing on Facebook, um, whole, uh, cadence emails in my business. I've used catalogs before, so I don't rest too much on one medium. I think that's really dangerous. And... In terms of B2B strategies, yeah, obviously reaching out to these guys at the right time when they're ready to buy, as well as being on the forefront and having like reactionary marketing and advertising and uh, um, promotional products. So when someone's looking for the products, that you know you, you're, you're first of mind. And then once we get them to our website, I'm the biggest believer is um, is just make sure you do everything you can to get their details before they leave. People, you know, uh, whether it be aggressive live chat strategies, exit uh, pop-ups, um, whatever it might be. If I've, if I've I forgot, finally got that person to engage, then I assume they're our property and we cannot let them go. Um, there's some products that read ISPs, which will tell me, um, like a product called Feeder, for example, which will read ISPs that visit my website and give me an indication of a company that might have visited my website and showed some but never engaged in any of our sort of call-outs, whether uh, live chats or anything. So I'll I'll dedicate one guy to contact those businesses and navigate his way through the organisation to find out who might have been contacting us. Um, I guess just really ensuring that no opportunity is lost for us, um, and that's what it's always been. Um, It's so challenging and competitive out there that um, I do – I encourage my team to do everything that they have to do to, to make sure that if we, if we've, we've developed a conversation with a customer, if they're engaged with us or in a brand or we've opened an email, then we do everything we can to, to, to at least give ourselves the best chance to sell to them.
0: Yeah. Does that make it. sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And talk to me around kind of when you do like do the phone sales stuff, like you do some crazy stuff, man, like um, where you, you train up a lot of people, um, and you've got, like, pretty comprehensive uh, sales scripts and stuff. I know we can't go too in-depth with it, but what do people need to think about if they are just hustling on the phone or they are trying to, you know, like, wh- wh- where can you start?
1: I love this stuff. This is my favorite to be honest. Yeah. Cause I think I used to work in telesales, and and, and it's cool. It's a great feeling to be able to close and get on a phone and, and generate sales. And it's the cheapest way to do it. And I would I would dare challenge you to challenge to say there's, ne- there's never been a better time in 50 years to telemarket right now. Cause so many people are doing the exact opposite. They're putting in all their marketing revenue into digital and other areas. And all of a sudden it's a lot easier to get on a phone with a decision maker within an organization. So what I believe in doing when approaching um, selling is building a call scorecard. So what we do is um, spend some time yourself, got to be yourself and work out what the ideal script is to speak to a customer. Now, um, that means getting a phone, making some mistakes, listen to call, getting external advice of where things might have gone right or wrong and keep refining that process and refining that process to the point where we get to when we say, okay, this is the formula, this is what works. And then build a scorecard, a call scorecard, and when we start to scale a sales team, we get one or two other guys on the phone. And we said, "This is it. This is the this is the the pitch, if you will, or this is the communication we need on the phone. Um, this is how we react. We score everything from tone to um, objection handling to eight miling. Um, like for example, eight miling is an objection that's we know we're going to get. It's like um, I don't have budget now. Um, for example, customer might say to me from Snack to buy. It's like you don't have a budget." To, to look after your staff at the moment. What if by spending this money you get a greater return from your employees and therefore, you know, you, you, you budget positive? Um, and it's, it's, it's looking at every aspect of the phone call and getting really granular uh, and sitting down and listening to the guys' calls and identifying their weaknesses and continuing to train them and scaling up a, a really strong sales team. I don't believe in sounded scripted but there has to be some there's key objectives in every call that that you guys or yourself have to be making if it's even if it's just yourself you have to say okay make sure make a list so make sure that when I um, when I first spoke to the customer it wasn't like oh thank you for taking my call I really appreciate it you don't want to do that you don't want to you don't want to come across like they're doing you a favor you're giving them an opportunity so it's like hey it's great to speak to you um, I'm glad you were able to make time I think it's a great decision to really be strong in that regard so that would be like maybe one um, course score one out of five how did I go with my introduction and and we'll do that and we'll do a lot of course scoring prospecting is obviously super important prospecting comes from the information that we gather from LinkedIn that I talked about before, um, when we got all of our customers, we find out what interest they're, they're in, what role they're in, what they do. We learn everything we can about them. So then we go and get new leads. We make sure that they meet that sort of um, criteria, give ourselves the best chance, and then we get out there and just make the calls. It doesn't cost much. Um, and that's how I started my business. That's how I started most of the businesses, just to on a phone. Even this last business that I've just launched, Snacks with Bio, Um all of the heavy lifting right now it has been done on a phone and it still works. I promise you, you can still sell on a phone. You've just got to put together a compelling message and and be selling something that's meaningful and
0: has a product that has worth. And how long does it take, do you think, to get your call, scorecard and script and everything dialed in?
1: Well, it doesn't have to be perfect straight away, but I mean, you know... let's be realistic if you really want it you can make 50 calls 60 calls Mm -hmm. a day no one wants to but you can um and um and you know what you want to do is just keep evolving and improving and you would get I'd guess after a week you've learned enough when you've re-listened to your calls and maybe got a colleague to sit down and share with you um, their thoughts on it or somebody who loses some experience in sales and get them to listen to your calls but I think within a week you should be able to get something really strong Um, but that's it all comes down to effort and how many calls you're willing to make every day
0: so you reckon after around 100 calls like actual because you're saying 50 dials how like and you are talking. We're talking cold calling here as well. Like, yeah. So you're saying after around maybe hundred hundred speaking to at least fifty to hundred people, you're going to get a pretty good idea of how to refine this. I would say that. Yeah, yeah. I would
1: definitely say that. Um, I mean, it depends. I mean, it's a fair number. And cold cold calling, it doesn't necessarily have to be cold cold calling I mean you need to learn a little bit about who you're calling before you're calling them learn a bit about their business go on to their mission statement on their website and say listen I was giving you guys a call because I know that, um, that your philosophy of in your business is um, to care, to innovate to be at the forefront I've got a product that I think is going to do that, um, here's a compelling offer that I can offer you guys if I can speak to the right person or whatever it might be so um I think if you, if you mix that up and, and, you know, there's no exact number, but after 100 calls, maybe you should have a very good idea. That doesn't mean the first 10 are going to be horrible. They might just be okay, but they're still good. You can still make wins off those calls. Doesn't You don't have to be perfect
0: straight away, you know what I mean? So coming back to call scripts, like, you know, once – like, what, what, what do you do to handle objections? What, what are some things that people can do, especially because it's so scary, man. Like, it's really difficult from my personal experience.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, objection handling. Yeah. I mean, that's the greatest challenge. I mean, no, no, that's not the greatest challenge. The greatest challenge is getting through to the right person to speak to. Um, the second challenge, greatest challenge is dealing with objections. So um, I've worked with a gentleman over the years who, who sold me on the concept of eight miling, which I, um, which I brought up before. And it's in principle presenting the expected objection prior to them bringing it up. So budget might be an issue. So instead of sort of waiting for them to say, I'm not sure if we can fit our budget and that sort of stuff, said, look, I understand that everybody's budget's tough right now. So we sell snacks. So what I might say to um, to a customer who um, is, I'm trying to sell snacks to is, okay, I understand budget, having to go to management is really challenging. But look, what are you guys spending on fruit at the moment? Okay, no, I might say $200, $300. All right, look. Think of it this way: We don't have to spend anymore; we just reallocate the budget. So, mm-hmm. what we've done is got us on the front foot with that objection and turned to what was potentially going to be a negative uh, throughout the call into a positive. And that can be said for a lot of different things. I mean, I, I, given the time, I think I could I could skew an eight mile to most most objections. Um, so that's what you really you know you really want to do. You're not going to close all of your calls, um, but you do your numbers, and if you can be closing 30, 20, of, of outbound calls and that's a tremendous result and it's all about activity you know make five calls you, you you close one say okay that's acceptable you you do 10 calls you close three maybe or whatever it is and you just keep scaling up and all of a sudden you get momentum bring somebody else on and 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 and, and keep kind of scaling the process that you've worked out that works it's not never going to be easy but um And it is scary, but if you want it enough, you get on the phone and you make the calls and that's it.
0: Yeah, I see. And when it comes to like doing it yourself as as a business owner, founder, where you've got so many things going on right now, how do you prioritize like, you know, getting on the phone to your customers? Let's just say you're a solopreneur right now and like just you, just early days, like how do you prioritize this, man? Look, if you want to know what my my perspective is,
1: and and I'm really strong on this, is that you know 80 of your activity should revolve around selling or revenue generating. So it's the number one priority. There's a million people out there with great products that they'll never make it because they don't know they're not willing to sell or they don't know how to sell most of it's they're not willing to sell so um it, when when starting a business a large part of your day needs to be allocated to just getting on a phone or you, using some sort of activity to sell maybe you've got a beautiful craft product that um i don't know some nice chutneys or something and you're getting a, going out and doing taste testings with cafes and so on and so forth but um but it just has to be a priority, doesn't it? Like it's not about fitting it in, it's fitting everything else around selling because you don't have a product unless you could sell it. As simple as that. So there's a lot of ways to do it. and I've gone, when I say, um, you know, cold calling, I think we really need to start thinking about, okay, how do we get to the right call? So LinkedIn sales navigator is brilliant. Um, you know, for ninety nine dollars a month, you can get so granular on um, description, positions, locations, how many employees. You can, if you know what your custom avatar is going to be, you can very easily really fine tune who you contact and give the very best opportunity to um to 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 create a to create a, a winning call. And, and that winning call might not be straight up. It, it and look, a compelling offer is great you know if you can offer something for free and get them to try your product and that it can work for you in a um, in a financial sense and that's where we need to take into consideration the lifetime value of a customer and how much they're going to spend with us in the future and can I can I afford to send a $20 product out for free to them to try then i mean that's that's a really powerful way to generate opportunity and let's say you were doing that. Let's say, I don't know, you want to sell businesses, this super new mouse mat that you got, right? And um, I got, and they've got a team of 200 because I've researched that on LinkedIn and they're an IT company and everyone, you know, needs a mouse mat. So what we do is we contact um, the decision maker, uh, you know, research who the decision maker is within the organization, do our best to get on the phone with those guys um, explain what the product is. Say, listen, I'm so confident on this product that I'm willing to, to send it to you free of charge. It's going to cost us a little bit, but so be it, providing we close the right amount of uh, leads that we need to close. Right. And you're going you're gonna to invariably make money and scale up. So we send out that product and say, listen, I want to speak to you in five days time once you received it. And between that time of sending the free product and those guys receiving the free product, there needs to be a really strong course of action. So you know, you need to let them know I've just dispatched it. You need to, while you're on a phone, get them to commit to a time where you will catch up to discuss what they thought of the product. And that's just not like, Oh, can I send you a meeting invite? It's Like, can you, uh, if I send you a meeting and invite and send this product out to you, can you promise me we could jump on a call um, on Thursday at 10 AM? And it's a, when you ask somebody to promise you something, um, I've read somewhere you get a three times better return on commitment yeah. and ask them to ask them to actually, do that and then send them a agenda of what we're going to talk about. So so you could tell me why, uh, what did you think, not what did you think of the mouse mat, but why is this mouse mat better than the mouse mat you guys are using at the moment? How much do you think it can can, uh, um, increase productivity? And you want them to be saying, yes, yes, I believe it is. Okay. Or can you just, can you not afford to to take on this product? And um, I mean, we can, mouse mats is a, is just an arbitrary product, but you know, there's a lot that goes into it, uh, um, and I know I'm kind of jumping back and forth, but this is just coming through my minds right now. When we're having that initial call, you really need to be selling a gap. You've really got to understand why. If you can't, if you can't get the the customer to to acknowledge that they need this product or that whatever they're using, isn't working, then it's going to be very hard to sell. So when I'm first speaking to say Sue, who's in charge of office supplies, then I want to know, okay, how are your mouse mats working at the moment? Have you had, are you getting complaints? So you're wearing them out, you have to keep replacing them. Um, and, and whatever it might be and she says you know yeah it, um, the guys really get the shits they said they're not really accurate and it's stuff okay so um given the right mouse mat then you believe you can um you can increase staff productivity happiness um make your workplace better and it's like yeah i Bank, i could okay no problems so when we're jumping on that call again to them it's like okay do you think this product was able to achieve what you needed to achieve well, yes it was um, but, uh, you know, uh, I understand it's going to cost a little bit more to send it. Now we're eight mile in them. I understand it's going to cost them a little bit more to, to, to you, a little bit more to buy this product. But don't you think, as you said, with the increased productivity, it'll pay for itself. So I'm, I'm just throwing a few different sort of ideas around how we, we, we nurture an opportunity and, and, and sell. I, I hope it's helpful. Um, I think it could have been more structured. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's some thoughts. Let's call it a brainstorm.
0: Yeah, no, it's all good. So, what are some other things people need to be thinking about when it comes to, I guess, selling? Uh, can you do this over email, like, or is like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. email is really powerful? Um, um,
1: so, cadence emails are brilliant. It's not very challenging to get the contact details of your um, your potential decision makers and putting together really compelling copy. Um, is really important. Now, um, when researching opportunities, um, if you go to freelancer.com or Upwork, there's there's plenty of people out there who can help, um, you know, you get the data that you need to get to contact and reach out to the right decision makers. And then really it's about putting together copy that that is personalized, first of all, that's interesting. Second, like I was talking to you before about the LinkedIn post. So if I want to, there might be a girl called Mary who works at a IT company I know a perfect fit for snacks. So what I'll actually do is I'll, I'll, I'll scroll through some of Mary's posts because she's the culture and wellness manager and she's put up a picture of Mary and her team going out for lunch. And I'll actually copy and paste um, that picture into the email and sort of say, hey, Mary, looks like you really care about your team. I could see that from this awesome lunch you've done. Can I see, send you a free snack box to see what you think about our products? Now you're going to get a you're going to get a pretty strong or on an email like that. You, but you know you really and and you probably you know, you know that's that's a timely way to do things. It is going to take effort and time, but it's going to increase your return. Um, obviously, you could do mass selling with just personalising company uh, mass emailing, personalising company and um, person's name. But I would challenge you to be as out there as possible as being different as possible and, and just being as quirky as possible. Cause right now, um, people are receiving more outbound cadence emails than they ever have. So you got to stand out. So do your research and, find a little bit of out about who you're contacting and, and mix it up in an email is what I'd say. And make sure that you send sending three, four emails. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the first email they look at, it, they go, who are these guys? That's it. Second email, maybe they take a bit of a glance. Think, okay, third email, you put something really interesting. in. now oh, these are interesting. I'll Google them. And then that fourth email is, oh, right, I'm going to make contact with these guys. I'll, have, I'll set up a appointment time. So, you know persistence and um getting really granular and creative with our emails i think is really what's important
0: yeah no, i love it um look i'd like to switch gears and just talk about this current climate because i know like a lot of people might be thinking now is um definitely the last like time you'd want to launch or start a business in this climate what's your take on that like If you had the opportunity to use your skill set right now or you know going back in time like would you think this is a good time to launch a business or an e-commerce business for that matter yeah i probably would and that might sound a little
1: bit crazy but to, to be honest, obviously, you want to be really thoughtful about the, what that product is. But I think right now presents us with a, a really unique opportunity to be looking at what products are going to work in the future and what products aren't going to work. And um, and even things aren't going to change overnight. This is, this is the life and business as we know it has changed forever. So being innovative about the sort of product that we're bringing to market right now and what's going to work, um, I think, gives us an opportunity that almost like a fresh start you know it's like for 10 years last 20 years everyone's coming up with the same products and now all of a sudden everything's been mixed up and shaken up it's like okay what can i sell that is different and is going to you know adapt to this new environment that we live in um the other thing is that people are taking a step back in advertising. I know through a Facebook advertising or Google advertising that, um, that the bidding's going down. There's a lot of people that are just rather going into the shell or unfortunately not able to operate anymore. So if you've got low overheads and you can sort of get a little bit of traction running from home at the moment, when things open up, and they will, the economy is going to bounce back, people spend again. You can actually put yourself in a really strong position, and a little bit of market's cleared out, and you've got a really unique product. Um, so, so I, I think that there's real opportunity for for the right product right now. And 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 if I if I wanted to start a business, I would be. Uh, if it was 2004 again, this was happening, it wouldn't stop me from starting a business. Now, I wouldn't say that.
0: Would when, when it comes to like creating products, you wouldn't choose a product though that's like just focus for this market if we know it it might be 12 24 months time period and then after that runs out you you want to still choose something longevity right like or a suite of products right like e-com you know like you're not gonna yeah
1: yeah look I I get your point I, I do but I look at the current situation I look at how many people are working from home at the moment and even when things pick up, I think a lot more people are going to be working from home because they see how this works and maybe less people are going to be paying rent. So maybe there's just like genuine opportunity in looking and saying, okay, what's the next three to four years going to look like when this passes and, and what what businesses have learned from this experience. I think there's, there's genuine opportunity. Now, naturally there's always going to be demand for other products like, you know, drink bottles and and I don't know, whatever it might do. Um, but but I think, you know, if it was me and I was sitting there, I'd be thinking, you know, about, the products that one, I could innovate to adapt. to, I think where we're going to go to as a, as a, a, business world, I think a lot's going to change the way people are doing business. They're seeing that this can work, you know, for two months ago, I can one in three people knew what Skype or zoom was in, uh, in upper management in businesses, whereas now like, you know, everyone's living and breathing it. So I don't know. I think that there's a, there's an opportunity for most any products, um, if it's marketed the right way and there's a genuine need for it now. Um, but things are going to turn around. And if there's a product that isn't specific to the current environment, then yeah, obviously you can make it work, but I'm just thinking a little bit more sort of philosophically about how to approach new products at the moment,
0: I guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, look, um, man, this has been an awesome conversation. So much gold shared. There's some things that I'm going to take away personally and implement within founder. Um, which is kind of crazy because we speak like every week. Um, so tell me, man, like what like kind of parting words of wisdom would you like to share with uh, our audience? And then where's the best place people can find out more about you and your work?
1: Okay, parting words, um, keep trying to sell, keep trying to move. I, I, if you're breaking even, bringing on new customers within your infrastructure, that's cool. Don't worry about it. Um, just try and ride this storm out cut the cost that you need to cut but whatever you do don't cut your advertising don't cut your learning don't cut your personal development this is the prime time to skill yourself up because when this is said and done there's gonna, probably going to be a little less competition out there and you're going to have the, that's gold That's money in a bank everything you learn everything that you every customer you brought on even if you haven't made a profit but you're broken even on them at the moment um is money in the bank that you're gonna be able to use and, and, and pitch that, use that intellectual property that you've acquired over this period, um, use that customer that you might have not made any money for now, but you can sell to a second, third, fourth time, potentially when the dust settles. So I'd be really thinking like that and that's how I'm thinking. Um, secondly, if you'd like to um, know a little bit more about what I do, I'm, I'm starting to share a little bit more, um, just follow Rory Boyle at, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, and, um, if you get to, I think if you Google, uh, sorry, if you type Rory Boyle, Hamper's the bike, you'll, you'll see regular updates and honestly reach out, particularly at the moment. If you've got any questions or anything, I'm happy to answer them. I've got a little bit more spare time than I'm used to. So, um, so yeah, that's. I'm like, hopefully, hopefully, some of us could share. Hopefully, some of what I've said is helpful, and and can if there's one or two things you can take away from it, um, I'd be really pleased because I know I want everyone to succeed. At the moment, it's a tough time, um, but we need the economy to keep going, and we need young entrepreneurs to keep hustling and making out, and coming up with some great ideas. that are going to push us forward.
0: Awesome. Well, look, um, thanks so much for your time, brother, and really appreciate uh, yeah our friendship, and uh, you know. Everything that, uh, you know, we share and and help each other out. So, yeah, no, thanks thanks so much for taking the time, man, on your Sunday.
1: No, any time, mate. We'll keep it up. Speak soon. See ya.
0: Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content either start or grow their business.